Uh, welcome to Pedro Pascal, a Pedro Pascal podcast. I'm your co-host, Rachel Leishman. And I'm your other co-host, Katrina Dennis. And this week we are joined by off-camera, but with a lovely little image of herself in the movie we're going to be talking about. We're joined by the lovely Maggie Lovett. Hi, Maggie. Hello. Coming to you live from a throwback photo of me in 1984. <laughs> <laughs> Love if, that it. Was, if that wasn't your clue... We're talking about Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> a movie that is better than people give it credit for. It has its problems, but I feel like people were so mean to this movie. It hurts. I recognize its faults and I will gladly be, I will talk about what I think needs changed in this movie when we are going through this but there are much worse superhero movies out in the world and so it feels weird that this one is the like how dare you it's horrible of superhero movies and hey some of them are in theaters right now yeah. hey. it's uh, it's almost <laughs> like the one that was starring the woman was targeted um and and called bad because it stars a lady and it's directed yeah. by a lady right double it's bad. almost like dc fans have an issue with that seems so weird because hmm. it's almost like birds of prey is perfect and somehow men got mad about that one yeah birds of prey is a masterpiece i don't i have not listened to the opinions of certain fandoms for so long and <laughs> life has gotten better because of it because i'm just like nope i don't care anymore so i enjoyed this movie very much um, it is fun. It is an interesting exploit exploration of uh, Pedro's character's identity that I don't think gets enough mention um, when people talk about the movie. And uh, we all love Chris Pine. So this is so yeah. true. Mm-hmm. I literally want to say uh, this is going to be interesting for me to talk about this movie because Chris Pine is my favorite Chris. So <laughs> same. Love- it's gonna be it's gonna be weird for me to talk about because I've had experience with your favorite Chris. <laughs> In this and, movie. Yeah, Maggie is the one who confirms something I always knew about him is that he's just weird. And I love it. I love him for it. He's so I love weird. that he's weird. Which, you know what? I, I can't talk about it because me talking about it is not under embargo. I just can't review it. There is a great Chris Pine is the best Chris joke in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie that is coming up. And I was like, you're correct. Splinter, you're correct. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the rat dad of the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> And I love him for it. I was like, I mean, Splinter's always kind of been the best. So and he's Jackie Chan in this movie. It rules. Anyways, but yeah, uh, it's gonna be really interesting because I love Chris Pine. Before we get started, we have, I guess, what I don't know what news we've missed. I know Driveway Dolls dropped its trailer. Yes, that's gonna be fun. That's a really neat, uh, very stacked um, cast that we've got here. Yep, I. I love uh, the Coen brothers and their nonsense. So I'm really excited about it, uh, but it does look crazy. Does this mean now that that Pedro will have been in a movie with Ben Affleck and in a movie with Matt Damon, but not in a movie with them together yet? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You said Matt Damon, but who's the other one? Ben Affleck. I understand why you're asking this now. Yes. Yes. I was like, Ben Affleck is not in. (laughs) <laughs> i saw the dots were not connecting there <laughs> yeah so he has the the mindy kaling's matt and ben have both well he had already worked with matt damon this is his second matt damon venture oh yeah that's right you can't forget the great wall that's oh, I actually yes you, you can yeah you can. 
<laughs> they were both in the Great Wall. So technically, he's had the Matt and Ben team up, as it were. The Matt and Ben special. Yay. But yeah, we are talking about which is, if you guys have not followed our Instagram, you may have missed it. But, which is Padre Pascal there, so you should go follow it right now. But with our new logo, just to set the tone of this episode, uh, my love of a certain fictional character is paid homage to in the headphones that I have on that Alyssa drew, uh, put on the logo for us. And it is Wonder Woman headphones because I love Wonder Woman. She's my favorite DC character. Followed, I think, probably, I'd say harley and then batman but diana's my fave i have her star normally i have my ring on but i don't have it on right now but i have her star on my wrist because i her diadem in the in the tv show and i think in the comics too but her diadem in the tv show uh with linda carter has a red star in the center of it and so that's why i have the red star um point being i just love her a lot i think maggie also is a big dc fan hugely so yes Mm-hmm. And not just because they paid me. <laughs> uh, not because they paycheck, just because they're fun. I'm a I'm I'm a big DC fan myself. I my my street cred is that uh, DC thought that I knew enough about their comics to bring me in twice um, for uh, that Superman show, not Superman and Lois, the other one, Krypton, um, to do those little documentaries with them and talk about my favorite characters especially because the second season had Lobo in it and I am just the biggest Lobo fan ever so Lobo well he I might be coming it. up yep like here's the thing I want the DC universe to figure itself out yeah I think James Gunn could maybe figure it all yes like it's gonna take a minute but I liked the Wonder Woman movies I'm a little sad that Patty Jenkins is not gonna finish her trilogy um but before we start we'll we'll start with Katrina and then Maggie starts talking behind the scenes stuff but Katrina like you said you didn't hate this movie what was your experience the first time you watched it like how did you feel after it and then you I, uh, the internet, so it worked out yeah I mean at, at first I will say that like I am part of the generation of adults that have grown up not just consuming all of these like um superhero films but also writing about them for like 10 years solid of my life um and so i will say that like when i watched it it was like that was a fun superhero movie um but i did of course give it more watches because we have to talk about it here on on Padro and uh and i just wanted to continue giving it um other chances and there are just a lot of like gems in this movie, you know, like I think that people judge it on its surface um, for what it is. And and there's just like a lot of moments and bits of development with characters that are truly enjoyable. And yeah, and I really like it. Like I said, like there's a there's there's a, um, a story about identity that goes on with Pedro's character in this movie that I think, um, you know, while it's disappointing that it was you know used for a villain's backstory, I also totally understand how it could be because I like. Like partially lived that story so it was kind of weird to re-watch it and then suddenly have like find some representation in the villain of this movie which i do think that this movie more so than the first wonder woman movie makes it so like he's he's a villain but not like yeah he's not- full blown like he's just a man who is like he's not the max lord from the comics per se because mm-hmm. that guy deserved to have his back broken I think in this movie he's less is he's more gray area than he is just like full blown villain. Uh, but Maggie, yeah. <laughs> the floor is yours to talk about your experience 
with Wonder Woman 1984. I just have to say, it's really funny that my very first day on set when the photos dropped online, Katrina is actually the first person I told that I was in Wonder Woman. And I don't know if they even know that they were the first person. Because like, Kat, you had you had posted on Twitter the photos, like the set Ooh. photos. And I was like scrolling at Crafty. And I was like, oh my God, I have to tell Katrina that I'm in it. And I don't think we even knew each other that well we were just like mutuals it was like my first dm to you and i'm like i'm in this movie oh Um, i feel so special now like i have no idea i know i was like i was just thinking about it like as i was getting ready to come on the podcast i was like wait a second katrina was the first person i told Um, god i it's really weird like right now five years ago this week was like when i was filming wonder woman so my like facebook memories my twitter like time hop is me counting up the days because I ended up working 30 days on this and I think right about now I'm at probably about 10 days in which would have been all the stuff on Pennsylvania Avenue Mm -hmm. the lassoing the plane the kiss goodbye like all of the really fun stuff but I think one of my my like favorite memories is actually a a Pedro related one Um, in the mall set they had the advertisement playing like all the time and this is like pre-Mando, mind you. So like my frame of reference for him was Game of Thrones. And I'm like standing there during a break watching the video, trying to figure out where I know this guy's face from. And I'm like, oh, I got it. It's it's the guy from Game of Thrones. And the AD was standing next to me. And I was like chit-chatting with him. And I was like, oh, I think I figured out who he's playing. I think he's playing Maxwell Lord because like his code character code name is Rex King. And like, I'm really good at breaking like code names. Mm-hmm. And the guy goes, who told you that? And I was like, uh, the voice is in my head. And he was like, do not move. And he goes into the tent where Patty is. He's in there for like five minutes. I'm sitting there like, well, I guess I'm getting fired. <laughs> Oh no. He comes back out and he's like, you're fine. About an hour and a half later on Twitter, Patty posted the first po- like photos of like Pedro and announced that he was in the movie. And I'm like, oops, I guess that was my fault. They're oh, like, no. I made the announcement happen. I was, like, I, was, I was like, I was just having fun. There was like so many little things that like, because I watch movies, even before that was before I was in the entertainment industry, like as a journalist, um, I understood how stories work. So there was like lots of little details throughout filming that I was like, oh, I get what's happening. Like he's like body swapped and like figuring things out, just in, like context clues. And like when she sees like the soldier and like the woman reunite and like all like these little things that like I was around for filming. It was just, it was a really weird experience. And like, I was a huge wonder Trev shipper. And the fact that I'm running in the background of their kiss goodbye, they're last kiss we'll ever see between the two of them like it's it's weird uh and it was a total like I manifested this it was the weirdest thing (laughs) I mean you don't get that often like to say I'm in the background of my ship's kiss like right right pretty great I gotta say I always joke that like I I made a wish and made this happen Mm-hmm. because I I had been talking I had done my first like background thing and like somebody who had worked on when Captain America Civil War had filmed uh, a couple days in DC he had worked on it and he was like chit-chatting with me about like what kind of thing do you want to do like what like is your dream project and I was like man I would love if Wonder Woman 2 would like film here but that's never going to happen how was I supposed to know that Patty Jenkins grew up in Fairfax like I don't have her backstory memorized literally a week later I worked on House of Cards I found out they were looking for a big blockbuster that was coming it was like codenamed Magic Hour I didn't know what that meant 
somebody was like, it's probably Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's supposed to be filming in DC. And so I got booked while on House of Cards with Robin Wright. (laughs) I got booked on this. It was like the weird, it was such a weird, weird five years. Maggie, you muted. (laughs) My computer muted itself. It was like, "Mm." (laughs) but yeah, it was weird. It was weird. And then you saw Chris Pine's blue eyes in the flesh. I did. I had, I had whole conversations with Chris Pine and Gal Gadot. So Chris Pine is a goober and I loved working with him very much. (laughs) I love hearing that. That's, that's just so, it's such a relief to hear that somebody is just weird and gooberish like and he would like show up on set on days when he wasn't filming just because he like wanted to be hanging around and like video village it was great (laughs) i love him (laughs) me too i was so glad he was weird but normal (laughs) yes good good on you captain kirk come back to star trek bitch Um, one more of those why not and so we can we can get into this movie for those who don't know the plot i will be very quick about the plot because i know there's a bunch of other stuff we want to talk about basically there's a dreamstone um diana prince is like oh no i'm so sad i've never known joy again because steve trevor died and like remember he's like i wish we had more time relatable um yeah honestly if, if it was steve trevor relatable but i was also like girl you're a goddess like i get it but also like you're a goddess what are you doing here she was so sad. She was like, oh my god. Once, once you have Chris Pine, you can't go back. That is true. She's like, no one compares. Um, it is the Shanae O'Connor song. Nothing compares to you, Chris Pine. But she like is real sad. And then she's working and all of a sudden she's like, oh my god, I met a new bestie. Her name is Barbara. It's Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig who still looks cool. And she's like, I'm so weird. No one likes me. And like, I was like, okay, you look cool. So I don't know why you think no one likes you, but go off, I guess. (laughs) And they get a new shipment of goods that the FBI wants them to catalog. And in it is, they're making fun of this stone. They're like, oh, well, that has to be so cheap. I don't know what that is. And it ends up being the dream stone, which Diana learns later on because she's like, oh, shit, that's the language of the gods. But in the beginning, she doesn't know what it is. So she's like, they're making a joke about dreams. And she's like, I know what I'd wish for. And then, late, like, whatever. They don't know that Chris Pine's about to go into the body of some other guy. An actual thing that happens in this movie. They instead are like, oh, no, we're so sad. And they are, her and Barbara are like, we're sad, girls. Let's go get some wine. They get some wine. Barbara's like, I wish I was you. And Diana's like, no, you don't. I'm sad. And so then Barbara, because some guy tries to attack her in a park, goes back and wishes that she was like Diana. So then the next day at Thing changes because Barbara is hot. Diana Prince is standing at a party and all of a sudden some guy is like, I wish we had more time. And you're like, who are you? And it's Chris Pine. And then uh, Maxwell Lord steals the stone and he's like, I want to be the stone. And then a whole bunch of wishes just fucking happen all in a row. That's all you need to know. Uh, oh, and also that Maxwell Lord is a liar. He was like, I'm a wealthy businessman. I love oil. He didn't have any. Shit ton of wishes happen. Diana's like, I got to find this stone. I, and then realizes it became Maxwell. There's some racism that happens in Egypt. And then they go back to the U.S. Diana is losing her powers because the, the twist of the Dreamstone is you lose something that is of importance to you. So, like, Barbara is losing her humanity. And that's how she becomes Cheetah. Maxwell Lord is losing his relationship with his son and Diana, which 
Also, crazy that what is of importance in this theory is Diana losing her powers. But Diana loses her powers. And so then they're all like, oh no, we have to stop this. Well, Diana's like that. The other two don't give a fuck. Try to do this so fast we can talk. Then Steve Trevor is like, girl, you gotta say goodbye to me. You're losing your powers. You can't do this without your powers. So they like, smoochy smooch. She's like, I renounce my wish. And I run behind behind them. them. Maggie goes running behind them and then she's like running and Steve Trevor's teaching her how to fly in her head as she's running and then she flies and she gets on her new cool gold armor which is uh this she looks like a golden eagle I love it Mm -hmm. um who that armor belonged to Linda Carter we'll go through this later her and she to fight they fight Mac or she fights Maxwell Lord Kate and Caboodle the dreamstone goes away and everything seems to be fine and Steve Trevor's gone now I would like to hit the points (laughs) I brushed by that we want to talk about because mm-hmm. that that is easier in my mind than explaining this bit by bit because like I don't know uh, my favorite part is this where of course it is Chris Pine and Pedro Pascal <laughs> handcuffed together this is like this is like your wish fulfillment right here right <laughs> yeah 100% this whole scene was gifted to me as a person like they said you're welcome mm-hmm. when you used to be able to customize your hbo like images on max that's what mine was mine was me i'm so mad they took me away <laughs> they're like you can't do that anymore what was your what was your favorite part katrina i sound so biased but i just loved like maxwell's uh flashback I thought that was that was like it, it's just a good sequence and it gets better and better throughout the movie because you can you learn a little bit more about it. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I think that's definitely one of them. I love the uh, the the full armor scene. That was great. I always love seeing a, a lady come out and be a boss. I thought that was really cool. So yeah, I think I think those were like the highlights for me. Like I I mean I I, I won't lie and say like I didn't watch this movie almost entirely for Pedro with a dash of like chris pine but uh but i did and i i don't regret it sometimes we watch movies for singular reasons and uh and it and it turns out to be great uh maggie <laughs> i feel like i'm really biased the whole thing uh no so actually like my favorite stuff even though it's a really short scene in the movie is the mall scene because the mall was our base camp and that is where all of my like my strongest core memories were formed like that was the first place I saw Gal Dot that was the first time I saw a Kristen Wiig like that was where I filmed half of the time I've been in all of those stores that entire mall got demolished last year none of it exists except in my mind and in this movie my mom is in scenes I can see all of my friends friends like that and like my friend brandon is the goon that gets um hung upside down by his leg that gal like hauls around uh and he's like one of my best friends and so it's like the mall is my favorite scene and it's like it took 15 days and it's in a movie for two minutes (laughs) it really is in there for two minutes um but it's really memorable um and they're yeah and i really do love all of the stuff with like Steve Trevor experiencing the 1980s also because I'm in those scenes but it was just really fun like on the ground to watch all of that happen at the Air and Space Museum at the Guggenheim like when the um, uh, break dancers and like all like the garbage can 
watching all of that happen in real time. That was my first day. Like all of that was my first day. So watching all of that happen and then like being in the background of it and then seeing the way it looked on screen. I just love all that's like one of my favorite like fish out of water stuff. I love time travel stories because of stuff like that. And like I know the whole body switch thing is like controversial and stuff, but it's so 1980s. It's (laughs) it's so old school, like superhero stuff. And it's it despite its problems, like that whole plot is very entertaining uh, it's it's not so much like a a scene as it is just a, a character beat but i one of my favorite things in this movie is barb's arc and transformation and how closely it parallels michelle pfeiffer's uh selena kyle yes and yes like i just i was getting so many of those vibes all the way through the movie i'm just like oh this is another take on the Pfeiffer uh, cow. I even wondered with some of their styling of her outfits and her hair and like the glasses. I was like, oh, I love this. This is such a great like homage to Mm -hmm. another Mm -hmm. DC property. I I did purposely skip over, um, as Maggie said, one of the reasons I think Carrie and a bunch of other things, but one of the reasons Maggie and I became friends too was uh, we are both big Wonder Trap fans. I hate Wonder Bat. I think that's stupid. I hate it so much. I, I hate a, it so much. I hate it. I am a Wonder Woman and Steve girl. I have been for years and I it just like got reinforced with Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 1984, even though I never got my favorite fucking moment in I all know. of Wonder Woman comics. She, she never carried him. I love that Diana Prince carries Steve Trevor like a bride. Um, and so... <laughs> I'm forever angry that I did not get that. We could have had it in the third when Steve Trevor comes back from the dead for the third time. Yeah, when finally the gods fucking do some nice shit and give the her gods Steve are like, Trevor Ugh, back. I guess if you're going to be a sad bitch, we'll give you him back. <laughs> the only wonder bad I liked is when Bruce Wayne threw it in her face about Steve and she yes. shoved him. That was the only time I liked it. Every single time that DC tries to make the the Gal Gadot and Affleck Wonder Bat thing happen, I just want to be like, stop trying to make fetch happen. It is. It's cringy. They have they have no chemistry, and it is Wonder Wonder Trap. I I, those are my ships. I do say I do think that the best example of Wonder Bat flirting that will never be topped is the animated Justice League series. Yes. Only um, time I I'm I don't okay even ship it. them. I just love the way they flirt with each other, and and he's always like thrown off course. But like I don't necessarily say I, I don't really like Wonder Bat. I think Diana can do better um, than yeah. that. So, like, exactly. I'm like really <laughs> look. I mean, even I'll take Bruce- like I can do better than this. So right? I'm like I will take Bruce Wayne, but girl, you deserve better. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I would also take Bruce Wayne, but no one else needs it. But that's just for his money. That's yeah. and she doesn't need his money. Yeah, exactly. She doesn't. Um, surprisingly, for a woman who has been around for hundreds of years, I'm like, where are you getting your money, girl? Look, she's got a face card that has never been denied. <laughs> that is true. That is very, very true. Yeah, but when I love Wonder Trev very much. Like, I love that he has a little fanny pack on in this whole movie. Yes! Um, I love, I believe it was Leah Thomas, who has been on here, who pointed this out to me, but the, I can't remember because this was however many years ago, Um, that this is the oh. reverse of the first movie. Yep. Because Diana was the fish out of water, and now Steve is the fish out of water. So I love that. I, the body swap thing... I think they very could have easily just had him come back. I think that went to 80s. Um, It was already like, oh, yeah, this is supposed to be the 80s. And then it was like, 
oh no, like that's just slightly too 80s for me. Like I'm watching an 80s movie, I let it go. But I was like, that's eh, 2020. I get it. I also like, I didn't want to feel bad for that poor guy. I wanted to just be like, Steve's back. Great. And no notes. So that's my only criticism of that is like, I could have done without it. I don't hate it, but I was like, I, it would, I think it would have just been fine if he just appeared and was maybe behind people in that dance scene. And so she was like, who is talking to me? And then they part like the Red Sea and he's like, hi. I wish we had more time. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think this movie does Wonder Trev very well. Like, I liked how they did it in the first Wonder Woman, but I think this movie does it like, because he'll always be her downfall and not in a bad way. Like he will always be the like the vein that if someone wants to get to her, they can find a way of using him against her, which is every good love interest. That's Mary Jane for Peter. Like it's like every good love interest is the like downfall of the hero. And then for and Gwen Stacy, you know, she's just, she just falls. She is literally the fall. That ah, oh, that's so bad. Literally the fall down. Can I say a funny thing about the guy who plays handsome man? Yes. Uh, I love that. That's literally he... his. That's literally his credit. <laughs> that's all he's credited at. He is like a prolific Hallmark love interest. Mm -hmm. I I've seen him in so many movies, but his his name is also Christopher, but with ah! a K. So he's Christopher with a K, and I I just I want to believe that Patty was just going through like handsome men for this role and saw one's name was Christopher but with a K, and was like, that's the one. That that is. Christopher and his last name is starts with a P. Yes, like I have, I I feel that in my heart to be true, and yeah, he's very handsome. Here, so here's what I know him from. It was a short-lived show called Life Unexpected. Yes, where he was like the girl's dad, but they she had been put up for adoption, then came back into their life. That's what I knew him from. But I'm just looking at his IMDb. Uh, here's what we got. We got Where Hope Grows. Pearl in Paradise, Dater's Handbook, starring the former princess, or the former duchess, now I'm free from the royal crown, Meghan Markle herself. What else we got that's a Hallmark movie, clearly? Rocky Mountain Christmas, His best Double one, Holiday. His best one is the TV series, The Mystery 101. It, I think oh, yeah, it, was I like, it was like seven episodes, but it's like seven movies, basically. <laughs> that is my favorite. I rewatched all of those like 12 times. It's just so funny because he is somebody and he is not even, he doesn't have a name. He's just handsome man. But yeah, I do think this movie, what would have made it even more 80s and not racist would have been if they just made the oil in Texas mm -hmm. because the show Dallas was on and Dynasty, I think, was still on. So mm -hmm. it was like there were a lot of Texas shows about rich people and oil that existed in the world. Um, I don't think Dynasty is about oil, but that's the rich people. With the shows that are popular in the 80s dealing with oil in our own country, I think you could have easily not gone to Egypt and it could have just been, hey, this is in Texas. Because Steve would have still been shocked by a plane that flew from Washington, D.C. to Texas in like two hours like it still could have had the same kind of like moment where they're flying above the thing it could have had all those things and just like change the optics and if you wanted to if you wanted to do the like oh i wish that this thing happened you could have said i wish that like texas was a free state or whatever you wanted like it, you you could have messed with it but i think if you made those like two changes then nothing you couldn't really complain about much else in this movie i think it was pretty 
pretty solid other than like I understand everyone complaining about the body swapping and I understand everyone angry about the Egypt storyline that's my thoughts it Um, it like it almost felt like they were like we want to make this film so 80s we're gonna do it with the questionable body agency and the racism built in I will say, I think that is also, like, one of the, let me go to the letterbox, because one of the top letterbox reviews is, unfortunately, pretty good, and it says, let's see, uh, when they said Wonder Woman 1984, I thought they meant, like, neon colors and synths, but they meant all the horrifying Reagan-era geopolitics and Middle Eastern stereotypes. I don't agree with the rest of this, but, like, that first sentence, I was like, yeah, that's pretty accurate. The rest is, like, it looks bad. It is beautiful. I was just re-watching it, and was like, this movie is actually very pretty, but, yeah, it is, like, like just slightly strange then you can easily fix those two things and so i don't know i don't i don't dislike this movie i like it very much i like watching both wonder woman and wonder woman 1984 i contain multitudes exactly and it's you know what folks it's okay to like just like a film and not think it's the end all be all Oscar winner of films. Like it's okay to just enjoy it on a level that isn't overwhelmingly, you know, like good or bad. Um, There are so many movies that come out every single year that I don't know. I guess I I feel like comic fans in particular, we don't have the emotional regulation that we should maybe have about how things go. And one would think we were trained uh, to have that kind of regulation, given how much, how often canon changes, how much things get retconned. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, to me, it's a fun little superhero movie. There are things I like about it, things I don't like about it. It's, uh, not something that I dislike so much that I would never want to watch it, like The Flash. But it's also, you know, it's not like my favorite movie in the world. It's just a fun movie to watch. And like, I I don't know. It's fun. I like it. And I do think, too, like, I think Pedro Pascal does a really good job of making Maxwell Lord not like a cartoonish villain. Like, he is just a man clearly just trying and he's just bad at trying. Like, he's trying in the worst ways possible. You're like, eh, maybe don't try. He's not even a good villain, really. Like, he's, he's like, he's even bad at being a villain. He's like trying so hard to like live up to these unrealistic expectations he set for himself. Mm-hmm. And that, like, ends up hurting his relationship with his son and, like, almost jeopardizing his son going through that same cycle that he went through as a child. Uh, and I think it's, though it's very flawed, I think there's, like, a really nuanced villain story there that they play with that I wish had been given a little bit more time. I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of that, like, backstory is kind of thrown in, like, this is a poorly developed villain. Here's his tragic backstory to help fill in the blanks for you. Um, Just because there was so much happening in this movie. Because I think Max so Lord had like the potential to be like a really one of the better nuanced DC villains because he's not like comically bad. He's just he's just a dude. He's not comically bad. He's just a man. <laughs> um, Which arguably is one of the worst things. <laughs> that is true. Well, what's yep. funny is my brother and I started a podcast and we did Back to the Future today and we were talking about how like much of a like monster and villain Biff is when like they painted as like. LOL, look how funny Biff is when he almost murders Joy- George Mc- or Marty McFly. Mm-hmm. And then then it's serious, obviously, when he's trying to like assault Lorraine. But I was like, he also, like, my brother's like, he also tried to murder Marty McFly. Like, yeah. he was committed yeah. to, com- to killing him with the car. I mean, this is the dude who went on the next movie to like, he he murdered George McFly in that story. Like, 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 
when you look at those villains where you're like when you break it down you're like wow yeah that guy is like comically evil yeah versus yeah. Like this where it's like maxwell lord is the bad guy but it's like both him and cheetah and barbara are not like rooted in being evil they were both rooted in like just people desperate to try and find themselves mm-hmm. and i think that's what why wonder woman's villains are so villains are so cool because it's like very few of them are with the exception of like obviously aries was like i want war and destruction this is like they're rooted in kind of just wanting to find a place where they belong so diana can at the end of the day play to their humanities to get them on her side which is what happens not to cheetah but what happens to maxwell lord by the end of this because she's like i love that speech that happens at the very end with her like when all the papers are flying you know when he looks like this um love it but like when all of that is happening i think it is just at the core of why diana prince is such a cool character and a hero and why her villains are always so fascinating because they can be reasoned with for the most part again aries is the exception to this rule like aries can't be reasoned with that was the whole thing in the first movie but cheetah eventually she gets the shit kicked out of her and then realizes like hey maybe this was a bad idea maxwell lord can be reasoned with like they're it's fun kind of play with the humanity of a villain quote-unquote in the way that like this movie does any last thoughts on wonder woman 1984 um i love the wardrobe I just love it so much. Everyone is dressed so nice all the way through this movie. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. (laughs) Oh, man. It's yeah, I love this movie with my whole heart. I always joke it's the reason I have bad lungs uh, and why I walk funny because let me tell you running in espadrilles that were from the 1980s in the summer in dc for 30 days and there's a lot of running in this movie and there's so much stuff that didn't even make it into the final cut like the watergate stuff where like everything's going to hell in a handbasket in that like center section where there's like Mm -hmm. people stealing tvs and people running around i'm somewhere in that mix we had a cult scene there was like a cult that we had formed out of the wishes and we were like going around in a circle there was a lot of weird stuff that like got cut from this movie uh that was just like background ad living but yeah i would do it all again in a heartbeat i miss it every single day i think about it so it was i mean it was 30 days that it changed my life so i love this movie and i wish people would stop giving it a hard time and i say that not just because i i made it and like there was a lot of valid criticism to it but i do think that because it came out in the pandemic and never got a like a big screen release which sucked for a lot of people involved that like this was their this was supposed to be their big break and it wasn't their big break uh because it got relegated to hbo max christmas day like i think that it does get unfairly judged when it had the potential to be a really fun blockbuster that yeah had some major issues but not the worst thing that's ever been put out by WB. I completely agree. I think I, I wish that Patty, as I said earlier, I wish that Patty got to finish her trilogy because I think Patty really understood kind of like how the Steve and Diana dynamic works because yep. Steve Trevor is Diana's like love interest, which means he is the female role of this movie. Yep. In a way that like they really kind of nailed down like this is how people treat women. And now like we're doing this with this guy and it ruled. Like I loved watching that especially when it came to like this movie where he's like realizing that she's not as strong as she was because when she can't break the lock he's like must have been a strong lock because he knows she's like he is never angry at her Mm -hmm. for being strong which was if you guys ever dare open the joss whedon script my biggest problem 
problem with that script was that Steve Trevor was like, uh, you're a woman, you can't do this. And Steve Trevor is never that way. Never. Um, especially in these movies. He never second guesses that she's a woman. He kind of in the first movie is like, love, love you, love your energy. <laughs> Society is not going to like this. You kind of got to like close a coat. I like that because you could very easily make that weird and he does not um and it makes me sad that i don't think patty's gonna do the third one just because yeah like we said yeah i i love steve i love steve because he comes he, he like he has become part of that small set of like male love interests who play the dynamic a little differently and and this was the first time i really saw it like flipped on its head but he reminds me of characters like like david from lilo and stitch and like you mm-hmm. know what what Kristoff develops into in Frozen, where it's like, oh, I am the love interest. Like, <laughs> I realize my place in this story, and I am going to support this woman in everything she does, even if it doesn't have to do with me. And and I love, like, I love that dynamic between characters, especially, like, romantic interests, you know? And can I just say, yeah. pa- Patty is an incredible director. Like, she is so, like, driven, and she has a very clear vision, and nobody's going to get in the way of that vision, but she's still also really collaborative in a way that I haven't seen other directors necessarily work with like Gal and Chris and like the environment was just so good like we work insane hours and she was a very like giving director and like there's even a point where like my beautiful blonde wig that you see in this was literally causing me to bleed every day uh and when she found out about this I got to do a scene without the wig and like was a specialty pick in a brand new outfit and like she's she's very giving in a way that I've never seen directors really treat her background so like she was really good at treating us so it was it was good it was a very good experience it what I also chose too that people care because like when this movie came out people were being harsh on it like the cast wanted to defend it Mm -hmm. in a way that I think a lot of the times people wouldn't and I I think they wanted to because it was because of Patty 100% not necessarily because of the the movie itself I think it's because of Patty because Patty cares which is so rare it's why I wanted Rogue Squadron so bad it's why I wanted all this stuff with Patty just because I think same I had never been more hyped for something. Mm-hmm. I just, I love her a lot. I think she's a fascinating filmmaker. And like, it takes someone really special, in my opinion, to make some of these scenes that like on paper could be so fucking cheesy and make them as beautiful as they are like no man's land is still like whenever the amc ad comes up and that blurry ass pixelated version of no man's land is in the like nicole kidman ad it still makes me emotional even though i'm like why can't you guys get the hd version of this why does it look like you filmed it off of youtube but like that and then this one when she's like I renounce my wish and is running and crying like that could have been so cheesy it was so hard to film though that was two days of filming that and it turned out so good yeah it's beautiful and like obviously there are cheesy moments like when the shot of Diana running in Egypt is funny people laughing at that you're not wrong um, because it is a weird shot, but it's also like it's a weird shot in a movie of beautiful shots. So it's one one frame and, and very 1980s. Yeah. Oh, the beginning of this movie is so Richard Donner. I said that when I was rewatching it to my roommate. I was like, anyone who like is making fun of the tone of this movie, especially in the beginning, I'm like, it is Richard Donner's Superman. Yeah. And Patty has often talked about how Richard Donner's Superman inspired her. They kind of play with it in the first one, but this one is very like Richard Donner's Superman. Anyways, can't wait for Ashley to crop this into a video 
video and just tag Patty Jenkins and be like, here's when we all just talked about loving Patty for five minutes on the podcast. But yeah, I wish we could have seen the third one. I wish we would have seen the third one and gotten more of Maxwell Lord because I liked that he didn't die at the end of this. But I wanted him to go full villain because I wanted the like breaking back Maxwell Lord from the comic. Oh, yeah. I, I just, I just so want him to be a sad dad. That's like my oh. favorite villain. Mm-hmm. We are two different people and that's cool. But I wanted that back rope. I, I, my final note to Patty Jenkins about, you know, when people inevitably linger to this. Here's my note if I can get this message through. Fanfic writers change the names of their fanfics and turn them into novels all the time now, right? So if you've got a script... For uh for for uh, Rogue Squadron and you've got a script for Wonder Woman three. Just change some names and you know what? We'll help you. We can help yeah, you. We'll help you, Patty. I and guess what? And guess what? Me. Sometimes people will write write fanfic and then they'll turn it into a book with the scrubbed off names and then those books will get TV and movie deals. Exactly. So exactly. what we're saying is, Patty, if you want to go ahead and make these into fanfics, mm-hmm. they'll help you. <laughs> don't, don't even go the fan like don't all go all the way to the fanfic route just change the names and then get the script made by someone else okay exactly. That's all you gotta woman, do. she can fly her name is deanna and this is steven steven with the ph yes this is stove Deanna and Stowe. Stephen Travis. Sean. Sean. We'll call him Sean. Oh, Stephen with a PH. Yeah. For Maggie, they'll sing Dear Stephen halfway through the movie. Hey, Stephen. (laughs) Oh, hey, Stephen. It was Dear John. Not Dear John. (laughs) However, she just just played Dear John in Minnesota, so. She's never playing my fave. It's fine. Maggie brought me on her whole Taylor Swift podcast so that I could talk about The Way I Loved You, my favorite Taylor Swift song that I listen to on repeat. I'll never hear it. Um, But yeah, guys, now, hold on. Now we're getting to everyone's favorite time of the week. Let me click the right one this time. Stash, 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 stash. The stash on everybody's lips is gonna be Pedro's. Welcome to Stash the Week, where we pick our favorite picture of Pedro Pascal for this week to talk about. Um, Maggie, as our beloved guest, would you like to go first? Yes, I'm going to pick a Javier Peñas there. Ah, and the perfect picture. Yes, this look right here, a little Javier Peña goes a long way. It's a great stash. This is the stash that like fully made me fall in love with Pedro, so... Oh, Javier Pena. Javi, I'm a man. Javi. Love my life. I say, Katrina, Uh, we have not said this quote once this podcast because I've made sure to keep it for you to say now. Yes, life is good, but it could be better (laughs) with this lack of mustache. My uh, there's, like, there's like a five o'clock shadow creeping out of the whole movie i wanted a non-stash stash uh we don't often see um this man barefaced and i thought that this movie was it, the, one of the boldest choices in this <laughs> film <laughs> to make make him just shave his whole face so yeah. that's that's my non-stash when they, when they could have had him have like a killer 80s stash like yeah, yeah. Mom yeah. Like was around i don't know why <laughs> I, that was a that I, that was a surprising choice because like that was the time you had a mustache was the mm-hmm. 80s, you 
know? every single extra had a massive stash but not him well i think they maybe because narcos had just kind of ended they were like let's get away from it for a minute and then everyone was like no um bring it back picked, bring the stash back i picked unsurprisingly hey. the moment when chris Bain and Pascal are handcuffed i think they should kiss i agree every time i think about chris pine i think of chris evans being like his eyes are wicked blue man and then chris pine comes up to him and he's like get away with me with those blue eyes i think about it (laughs) constantly um but yeah guys that was wonder woman 19 sometimes the the stash is in your heart folks listen to your heart when the stash is calling are you listen to your heart Maggie, tell the folks at home where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie of the Town. And if you choose to follow me on the gram, it is the Maggie Love It. Katrina, where can the people find you? You can find me anywhere if you look for O H C A T R I N A O Katrina on the internet. Uh, you can find me here whenever this podcast comes out. And also on my other podcast, What's Glup, where I talk about uh, everyone's favorite super minor Star Wars characters. So, yeah, I need to get you guys on the show, too. So, yes, Um, you can find me on Twitter at Rachel Leishman. I'm also on Blue Sky under my name. You can follow me on Instagram at Rachel underscore Leishman. You can read my work at the Mary Sue and Collider, where Maggie edits me because she's my boss. And you can listen to my podcasts, The Ford Cast, where I talk by Harrison Ford, as well as my new podcast with my brother called Cinema Sibs, where my brother and I go through movies that we watched when we were kids and talk about them. We did Indiana Jones. Uh, we recorded our Back to the Future one today, so that'll drop soon. And yeah, you can follow the podcast at Padre Pascal everywhere. Make sure to like, rate, review, subscribe, tweet at us, tell us what you want to hear. And Pedro Pascal, if you're listening, sup? <laughs> um, but until next time, bye-bye. Bye-bye.